Hello and welcome to How to Become a Pro Wrestler. This is Joe Hendry here. It's a bit late, so I'm going to uh, keep the volume down a little bit. Only a little bit, though, because my neighbours like to uh, have little parties and stuff as well, so I'm not going to feel too bad. But it is, uh, it's coming up 1 o'clock in the morning now, but the work needs doing, and i got to catch up. i got to catch up. I feel a little bit behind with Free Agent and How to Become a Pro Wrestler, uh, specifically. Um, so I apologise for that, folks. The reason was, and it's going to to do be to do with last week's podcast and this week's podcast, um, just I've been kind of struggling motivation-wise um, because I'm going to talk about something today about plateauing. Um, I'm going to talk about what happens, because last time I talked about what happens when you're doing everything right and you don't get the results. Now I've had a little bit of time to reflect on that. I've had a week to reflect on that. I've talked about how to kind of embrace that situation, but now I'm going to talk about the actions of how to get yourself out of that situation. I'm going to tell you, not just that, but I'm going to tell you what I'm doing to get out of that situation. Um, But first up, folks, I do want to, there's a few things I need to give a shout out to. Um, First of all, I want to give a shout out to an amazing organization called Wrestling Travel. You know the drill, people. For any wrestling fan, the dream of attending and being part of the biggest event in the wrestling calendar equates to being at WrestleMania 36. You want to be there in person. You want to feel the buzz. You want to be there at the Royal Rumble. You want to feel the buzz and the electricity of the entire crowd. And wrestling travel can make these dreams a reality. Let me tell you about wrestling travel. They are experts in the travel industry. They were putting together, uh, for example, if you wanted to go and teach in America or or abroad, there's a multitude of destinations. Um, You know, I'll find out more details for next time. But basically, they've got stuff going on all over the world. Built this hugely successful company, very ethical company. They treat their employees brilliantly. I've been to the HQ. You know I don't endorse stuff that I don't personally check out and approve of. And Wrestling Travel is an amazing organization. They have the UK's best boss. They have the UK's most fun workplace. They actually filled the office with a ball pit one time. But it's whilst they have fun and games and they treat the staff well, they get down to business because there's a reason they're so successful. That's because they're amazing at what they do. But they've taken those travel expertise over to pro wrestling. Why? Because they're huge fans of pro wrestling. They thought we are huge fans of pro wrestling. Why don't we take our expertise from travel and let's take it into the pro wrestling business? Um, apologies. Uh, that noise is cutting through there. But thank you, Sean, who's just subscribed. But back to wrestling travel. Thank you very much, by the way. But back to wrestling travel. So what they've done is they've moved those expertise over to wrestling, and they're getting fans to their events. It's a one-stop shop. So because they're an organization that kind of represents lots of people when they're traveling, they can negotiate the best deals on flights, hotels, tickets, everything, the whole nine yards. You know, they can get better stuff if they go, look, we've got a whole bunch of people that want to go, they can negotiate better seats than you will for the price. So if you go to them, you get one price, they take care of absolutely everything. You give them their details, pay the fee, and then everything's taken care of, everything's guaranteed, everything's protected, and you know you're going to WrestleMania. You know you're going to the Royal Rumble. They've also done Wrestle Kingdom. They've done WXW. They go everywhere. Wrestling, travel, no wrestling inside and out. They've not only, they're not only taking care of the big stuff, but they've got their ear to the ground with pro wrestling as well. And look, they're investing in the prestigious one, Joe Hendry, and that says a lot to me. So check out wrestlingtravel.org. I'd really appreciate if you can check them out. The more you check out the sponsors, the more it helps me. The more it helps us, wrestlingtravel.org. Thank you. Next up, before we move on to the task at hand, there's one more thing I want to do. And folks, you know the drill. Um, Patreon is quite literally 
keeping the lights on right now because um, it is it's tough out there being an independent pro wrestler and we looked at what is the best way that the fans can support us but they can get value back as well and we checked everything out and Patreon seemed to be the most amazing platform that was available to us um, and people on Patreon have just been unbelievably supportive. I, I'm so thankful for everyone. Thank you so much for everyone that's checked it out. Um, basically, we've got different tiers so I want to thank all the prestigious patrons but I'm going to throw out an individual thank you to all Tier 3 Plus patrons. So here we go. You know the drill. If you're if you're Tier 3 or above, you get thanked by name on every podcast and every single episode of Free Agent. You're in the credits, people. Come on. Um, but first, I want to thank James Malley, Ian Downey, Heat312, Ian Callan-Lees, Tony Madden, Gordon Brown, Chris McCulloch, Mark Leslie, Ross Wilson, Adam Sicard, Kirsty Bailey, Barbara Good, Adam Wilson, Jamie Flood, Daniel Betancourt, Adam Wilson, uh, actually, sorry, it's very late, I've just read that line again, sorry, Adam Wilson, Jamie Flood, Daniel Betancourt, Ant191, David McCarthy, Keaton Prophet-Holmes, Fiona Edge, Clayton Davis, Gunnar, Alan McCann, Brian Smith, Will Ledwith, James Pointer, Jordan Schofield, Laura Baird, Will Ledwith, Mal Callan, Alex Healy, Jennifer Poulton, Joe's mum and Ben Wackett. There you go. Um, so thank you to all of them. I realise I read out Will Ledwith twice as well. So, and I've said it three times now. My goodness. But anyway, I want to thank you to all of those. Okay. So, um, Mr. K-Bird says, I nearly missed my name as I had to refresh the window. He's watching live right now. Um, but task at hand. Uh, I want to talk about basically, so I, I said to you last time that I was kind of struggling a little bit. I was struggling with motivation. I felt like I was doing all the right things and I wasn't getting the payoff. I wasn't getting the results. And it really led me to talk about something that I've learned in business that I, I think really applies to the world of pro wrestling. But for any job that you're in, any situation that you're in, I wish I could have gone back in time and explained this to myself. Something I've really learned over the past year is a concept called patience, all right? But I'm not going to talk about uh, not just the word patience because that's too simple, that's, that's boring, that's easy to say. What does it actually mean? Well, I'm going to tell you, and I'm going to steal this directly from Gary V. okay? Gary Vee's the per one of the people I'm always telling you to check out. Gary V has got this figured out. Um, you can't just be patient because if you're patient, you know, it's that whole, you know, good things come to those who wait. Well, they don't. Nothing comes to those who wait. You know, that phrase where it's like, stuff comes to people who work their asses off. That's true also. But then again, you have to look at things from a long-term approach. And what Gary V teaches is something called macro patience and then micro impatience, okay? Now, that sounds like a contradiction, but macro means kind of on a big scale, micro means on a smaller scale. It's like, you know, when they talk about macroeconomics, you're talking about the economics of countries, of of um, the world, world economics, whereas when you're talking about microeconomics, you're talking about the economics within your community, within your own family, your bank account, that sort of thing. So that's where macro and micro, I've kind of heard those before, but macro patience means let's take let's look at the big issues like so for example when you sit down and you define your goals and you decide what it is that you want to do you cannot expect that 
to come true one day to the next. It's like that Arnold Schwarzenegger clip I'm always telling you to watch, uh, Training for Mass, where he says, I think people know they're not going to be a champion from one day to the next, but how can they speed up the process? Speeding up the process is that micro impatience. So how, how can we be patient in one sense and impatient in the other? Well, when it comes to pro wrestling and any other walk in life, I think what you need to do is when you're looking at the big picture, so if, I'm, if I want to be, let's say my goal is to be the WWE champion or AEW champion, Okay, let's say those are those have got to be the two the two big things that you're looking at right now. You can't really expect that to take place overnight. Whereas if we look at a medium term goal, which is getting better shape, the mic the macro patience of that would be, well, let's judge how I look in six months' time. The micro impatience of that situation would be I'm going to go to the gym today after this is done to make sure that happens. So it's a series of micro impatience that leads to that ma macro patience. And that's something that I have got very wrong recently. And I think it's what has led to me feeling really down recently because I feel like I'm doing all these things. I feel like, and again, all I'm going to do people is be as authentic as I can with you on this journey because that's all I can really do. Because part of me is documenting it as well because I'm kind of hoping, and I don't know if this is the case, but I'm kind of hoping that in a year from now or two years from now, I'm going to be a, in a much better position. And not that I'm ungrateful for where I'm at now. I've got a lot of great things in my life that I'm grateful for. But I'd be lying to you if I said I was satisfied with where my career is because I'm not. I feel like I can contribute on a higher level than I am. But I'm hoping that in a year or two years from now, I'm in a, a better position in my career and I can look back on this and other people can look back on this and go, whoa, wait a second. Two years ago, Joe Hendry was in the trenches and he was saying this stuff when he had no guarantees, when he had no contract offers, when he was in a situation where he didn't have these opportunities. He had this attitude, he did these things and look where he is now. So hopefully that can inspire other people. And you know what? I might be wrong. It might not work. I think it will. I'm confident that it will, but I am willing to put it all on the line knowing that it might not. And I think that's a big part of doing it is just going for it and also accepting failure. Like I heard something from, uh, I don't know if I'm pronouncing this correctly, but I'm into Game of Thrones at the moment. I've just started uh, I've just started watching it on Series 3, so no spoilers. But there's a bit with Peter Dinklage where um, he's kind of doing one of these speeches at one of these universities. And... Um, I actually, I'm going to be straight up with you. I started thinking about Game of Thrones and I completely lost my train of thought. But trust me on that. He did, he did a great speech and it was very inspirational. And the moment that I remember the point that I wanted to make about what he was saying, I will come back to it. But I believe we're talking about macro patience, micro impatience, looking at things over a long period of time. Um, oh, how embarrassing, losing my train of thought. I've just got so many things that I want to say. But basically, yeah, I'm hoping that people can look back in a few years and go, right, Joe was saying this stuff, you know, a few years ago and look look at where he is now. But who knows? Ah, yeah, that's what I want, what I want to say. Peter Dinklage was talking about he started to become successful the moment that he said to himself, it's okay to fail. Because most people don't do stuff because of a fear of failure. Most talented people don't try. And it's all because of your ego. And ego is the big killer. That's another thing that Gary Vee teaches is ego is, is the killer. And I really think that it is. Because if I think about it, my career dissatisfaction, that was my, my, my foot on the chair, not anything else, by the way. You'll know about it if it's anything else. I don't know if the mic's even picking up. But, like, when you're, if you don't learn to love the process, you're in trouble. And I think the ego is really destructive 
um, and working against that because right now I'm looking at other people. I'm comparing myself to other people and going, well, this person's getting to go to Japan. This person's getting to do this. This person's getting to that. What about me? Boo-hoo-hoo. And it's like, it's all about why do I think that I deserve these things? And as soon as you realize there's no such thing as deserve, it just is or it isn't. There's no such, this business is not about who deserves it. As soon as you kind of take, my dad always taught me to take the emotion out of business. It's very hard because pro wrestling is just a completely emotional business. But as soon as you take the emotion out of it and start to treat it like a business, things start to improve. And I'll give you an example. I think when the best thing you can do is try and look at things from the other party's point of view. Like there's a pro wrestling promotion in Britain that I want to work for. Now, I can send them my wrestling CV, I can do all this, and I can guarantee you nothing's going to happen. Or I can literally, I can, I can use my, my psychic powers and get into their head and go, what does this person want? And the moment you realize what other people want, this is something else my dad re- helped me understand, the moment you realize that, the moment that doors start to open and things start to happen because you're not thinking about it through your own eyes. You're thinking about it. You need this person to give you this opportunity. So what are their problems? Like if it's a promoter, maybe they need to sell tickets. Maybe they need more promotion. Maybe they need X, Y, or Z. Whatever it is, are there any of these problems that you can solve? There likely are one or two that you can go, okay, I'm willing to, I'm, I'm willing to, lend my business to this situation if you're starting out maybe it's selling tickets maybe if you want to get booked and you you the promoter wants to sell 10 more tickets and you say to the booker listen i can sell 10 tickets now i'm lucky in that i haven't really had to sell tickets um i but when i say that i was in a band for 10 years and i put on my own events on a weekly and monthly basis at, at times so i've so i've 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 paid my dues in that respect and when it comes to selling tickets and handing out flyers and you know I used to stand on the high street in Edinburgh with a guitar and we would just play songs all day every day when it was the fringe just to promote our shows and you know we would we would get people there and it was it was really tough but I I know what it feels like to get that to get that grind under your belt but I've always I always found music to be a little bit up its own ass to be honest with you like I would go to I remember I was trying to get a gig at King Tut's in Glasgow and because that was the thing, when you had a gig there, you, you were kind of respected, you know. And I was like, okay, so I'd say to the guy and uh, who was running it, and I'd go, okay, so what do we need to do to get uh, to play King Tut's? And he's like, oh, well, you need to get selected or blah, blah, blah. And I was like, well, are you selling out every night? And he's like, no, no. I mean, I was like, so how many people did you get in a night? And I'm like, what's your quietest night? And he's like going, oh, you know, we'll maybe get like 30, 40 people. And I'm like, oh, right, okay. So why don't I take that night off your hands? And then why don't I take that night off your hands? I'll put in an event. You're going to make loads at the bar and you're going to get ticket money from me. So why don't I rent it from you? Then he goes, oh, well, look, no, it doesn't really work like that. And I mean, if you were to, if you were to rent the venue, then it would cost. And then he gave me some ridiculous figure that was not worth it to dissuade me from doing it. But at the time, rightly or wrongly, wrongly looking back, but at the time, I kind of respect my younger self for going, no, that's the goal that needs to happen next, so I'm going to make that happen. He gave me a ridiculous fee. It might have been 600 quid, a grand, something stupid to rent a small venue. And I was like, all right, I'll pay it. And then he turned around and he was like, oh, actually, no, we can't do that. And then I thought to myself, I'm literally like throwing money at this person and they're they're saying no. 
and that that's that was really the start of the distaste for me in music and i think to be honest with you now a lot of the gatekeepers are gone like creative industries are different so i think it would be different now but i was i always the thing i love about wrestling is it really is quite business focused if you can find a business solution to who i mean money talks you know if you can make a promoter more money or you basically i remember hearing someone talk about there are two ways that you can solve a problem. I think it was, uh, apologies, that's part of the walls falling off there. If you're listening to this on audio, we've got the uh, soundproofing at the back regularly falls off, and one just did. But Robert Rodriguez in the 10-minute film school, I think it's called, it's either 5-minute film school or 10-minute film school, that is essential viewing. That whole ethos is how we make free agent, and it's just about this kind of, beg, steal, and borrow approach to filmmaking. Not the stealing, obviously, but that kind of doing it on a budget. But he says there are two ways to solve a problem. You can solve a problem creatively or you can solve a problem with the money hose. And you don't want to solve a problem with the money hose. But it, but know that money is always going to be an answer to any business problem that you have if you drop it down to the lowest common denominator. So if you're trying to get booked for a promotion, just know the promoter always wants to sell more tickets. And if, you, if you're if you providing a solution, I know major companies, no, I'm not talking about you know major, major companies like big TV deals or whatever, but I'm talking about your big indies. I know have given people opportunities because people can sell tickets and stuff. It's happened in the past. So there are ways that you can skip the queue. But how this relates to the conversation with the promoter I was having, I'd kind of heard um, through the grapevine some issues they were having with certain situations, and I was kind of thinking, right. So I called the promoter. I just got their number off Facebook. Like, and, I, and I, again, I maybe shouldn't have done that, but I'm, I'm getting tired. It's that micro-impatience. You know, I'm tired of being micro-patient. This was a micro-impatient. So what I did is I found the promoter's number on their Facebook page. So it was publicly out there, and I just called them. And I know they don't want to book me because I'm not, I don't wrestle, or they think I don't wrestle in the style that they want to have on their show. But what I'm trying to do now is reinvent myself in the ring and do more technical stuff to have a more contemporary niche style while I'm on the indies that can get me booked by indie promotions. So I phoned this person up and rather going, can I have a job? I says, listen, I'm only going to take, I'm going to take less than one minute of your time. Um, I got your number off Facebook. Hope you don't mind, but here's where I'm at. I understand I'm not at the top of your list right now for talents to book. I understand why. This is all I'm going to ask of you. This is what I'm going to do in two months. These are the things I'm going to achieve. Let me call you in two months, show you what I've done, show you where I'm at, and show you how I can be of value to your product. All I ask is give me five minutes in two months' time, and if you like what I've got to say, let's work towards an opportunity towards the end of the year. And he was like, you know what? Yeah. Now, some promoters might have told me to get lost, but I just decided, you know what? And Now I've got two months to figure out what is it that this promotion needs from me? And probably all of the above, but do they need, what do they need? Do they need promotion? Do they need someone that's going to be a draw, like selling more tickets in the area? Like, can I generate some buzz through the press? Can I, is there something I can do? Can I use some journalist contact details here? Can I produce some online content for them? Can I feature them in an episode of Free Agent? Can I do an entrance for them? Can I do, do you know what I mean? 
these are the these are the the things that you need to really start thinking about. Um, so I'm going to go back in a few months, and I'm going to. And here's the thing as well: you got at a certain point. You got to know your own worth as well. You can't devalue yourself. So you've really got to, you've really got to deliver here. Um, so I'm kind of, I'm just letting you guys know um, that is my plan. So I'll catch up with you in a few months to let you know how I'm getting on with that, whether it worked or whether it didn't. Um, but I want to come back to that micro, um, micro impatience, macro patience thing, um, because I think the issue that I've been having is, for example, me and Chess Samuels talk to each other probably every day maybe not quite every day but certainly five days out of the week just updates how you getting on how you doing because we're trying to motivate each other we're in similar positions we know we we can do better we expect better of ourselves and we're trying to keep it positive in an industry that's quite dark and quite negative we're trying to keep each other positive on a daily basis so we talk almost every day and i wish i'd reached out to shas sooner and he always says to me says listen when you're feeling down He's like, you've done it for me. Contact me. Let me know when you're feeling down about stuff and we'll talk it through, man. And that is, it's really great to have that support network there. I can't tell you how good it is. And also it's kind of, it's it's inspiring as well. Shaz making strides forward. I'm trying to do the same. And it's, uh, you know, it, it's great to see his hard work pay off and hopefully my hard work pay off as well. But basically we talked and, um, you know, it was actually my girlfriend had reminded me that I've been given this whole f- speech about how 2019 is the year of hard work and 2020 is the year that it pays off. And I found myself in a situation going, why is this not happening for me when it's happening for this person? Why is this not happening? Blah, 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 blah. And she's saying to me, look, you're the one that said 2019 was the year of hard work. 2020 was the year it pays off. That is your. That was your plan. That plan is a year long. And then it's just like, damn, it hit me right there. And again, when I spoke to Shah about it, he said the exact same thing. He said, listen, 2019, this is the year where we put in the grind. Next year is the year where we start to see it pay off. And I think that's that was a big lesson for me because I needed that to happen, to realize that I was being impatient on a macro level, on a bigger level. When looking at the big picture, I was being impatient. I was expecting the WWE Championship, the AEW Championship to fall on my lap, you know, within a few weeks, a few months, a few years, that's not going to happen. That's a long-ass journey, and I need to remind myself. I started in this business um, at the start of, I've not even been in six years yet. It's not even six years since I walked in the door of a training school. It's been five years since I started training, and um, in in October, it'll be six years to my debut. And the other thing is, people, is I beat myself up a lot. But like, oh, well, I've not done this, I've not done that. But the truth is, I'd, I took time out to go and be an amateur wrestler. But I'm going to tell you about something that I think is really good for you. And, and every so often, you need a break. The whole last episode was about taking a break from things and to get some perspective. And I'm going to tell you the perspective that I gained. I think I may have spoke about this on the previous one, I may have not, but I'm going to say it, because I had a car journey with Marty Skrull and the Young Bucks, and I just said to Marty, and it's interesting because he gave me the answer to my problems right there and right then, but I just, for some reason, I don't know whether I didn't take it on board or I thought I knew better, I don't know what the deal was, but he told me right there and then the answer to my problems, and at the time, I was the prestigious one, WCPW champ, I had a lot of steam behind me, and I felt like my plan was working. But he said to me, he goes, listen, he's like, you know, before you're doing the songs, you're doing this, you're doing that, you're doing that. 
Whereas now you're just in danger of being the guy that walks out that wears black trunks and black boots. And that's not really your gimmick. You know, you're not the, you know, you're not a Daniel Bryan. You're not a Tyler Bate. You're not a, the wrestler's wrestler isn't the thing that you're trying to put out there. You're trying to put out this charismatic thing. So why not have a look that reflects that? And then, well, I think, well, Stone Cold wore black trunks and The Rock wore black trunks. But yet, you know, first of all, a lot of things need to fall into place to be in that situation. And also, I don't happen to be six foot five and 260, 270 pounds, you know, to kind of have that behind me either. So it's like, you know, I've really thought about things and I need to change up the way I'm presenting myself. So I kind of went back to doing the entrances. I've been doing them and it's been a struggle, man. The the entrances now, I put up the Titanic one and it got like 2,000 hits. And I'm like, what? What is going on? Am I doing something wrong on YouTube? Before these things are getting like, you know, 10, 20, 30, 100, 200, sometimes 300,000 hits. And I'm like, two? 2,000 hits, man. Oh, it's That's tough to stomach, that one. But I will keep going in the hope that people will eventually discover it, in the hope that people will eventually watch it. And when I do escalate my career to the next level, people will go back and watch what I had to offer at that time. That's what I'm kind of hoping. I'm hoping that me building a body of work right now is going to create something long-term that when I do get a lot of exposure that people are going to go back and watch and discover. So I really kind of hope that's the way that things are going to go. But so I've started doing the entrances again, but what I need to do is I need to change up my look. And I'm telling you guys now because this is actually, I I'm, I've, I feel like I have to share everything. I feel like I have to share with you how things are going. And I have to be honest with you. And I have to say that, you know, I think it's probably a mistake for me not to have all the gold. And the problem is when you're WCPW champion and you're you're getting matches against Cody Rhodes and, and Jack Swagger and Del Rio and Kurt Angle, you know, it's you can get away with wearing the black trunks and all that. But when you are you, you might only have a minute or two to make an opportunity in a new promotion or whatever. I need to come out there and I need to, you know, can I say that my current look is better than when I had the gold jacket and whatnot? No, I, I can't. I can't. So I have to go back and not necessarily do the same, but take those principles. I think I've started to overthink wrestling and that is the problem. That's something a very wise person in this business told me not to do is that when you get into this business, don't get stuck in the wrestling bubble. There is a tendency to get stuck in the wrestling bubble. Once you get in there, what you need to do is you need to go back and you need to you need to think about the reasons why you got into the business, the things that you enjoy, the things that you thought were cool when you were a kid, when you were watching pro wrestling. You know, it's one thing to go, oh, well, you know, I, I learned this this arm lock or arm drag or whatever at training, and now I'm going to look at a thousand different arm drags and blah, 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 which is all great and definitely do that. But is that the thing that got you into pro wrestling in the beginning? No. Probably not. So that's why I, I, I kind of, I, I need to, I need to kind of go back and, because I used to look at wrestling in a very paint by numbers fashion. I used to look at the problem and go, right, well, this is what I'm seeing. This is what's not being served in the industry right now. Here's the niche that I can fit into. Here's what I can do. And here's what I can achieve in a five-year period. Whereas when I got into wrestling, I think I probably listened to criticisms about me too much rather than doubling down on what I was good at, rather than doubling down on what was working for me, spending too much time agreeing with people about what's wrong with me as a pro wrestler. Because a lot of people don't 
want me to succeed. It's like that, you know, I tell you again, Arnold Schwarzenegger, look at Pumping Iron, when uh, Lou Ferrigno is talking about uh, Arnold's giving him, Arnold's talking about giving Lou Ferrigno the wrong advices because he wants to send them down the wrong path. you got to remember, and I say this to so many wrestlers today, most people in this business do not want you to succeed. They don't. They don't want you to to surpass them, if you will. They don't want you to to take to take their spot, and you need to be aware of that. Um, and again, it's not necessarily that people are doing that on purpose. It's just that you got to be aware that that not every bit of advice that you get is going to be the right advice. And there's people who are telling me, "Oh, well, you know, you're a you're a bad guy. You don't do that. You're you know, blah blah blah." So when I am a bad guy, I'm wearing that. I, I really thought I was doing the right thing at the time, and you know. I don't want to say I'd go back and change it because when I look at when I was a bad guy, WCPW champion, I'm looking at an award right now, the certificate that I got, and Johnny Saint was there, Rollerball Rocco was there. Like I got presented the Wrestler of the Year Award from the British Wrestlers Reunion, which is a huge honour to me. It's one of, if not the biggest honours to have in my career. Um, it was a real highlight for me for the work that I'd put in and the commitment to what I was doing at the time. Um, but I look back on that and go, do you know, I should have gone back and I should have done, you know, my look has been too basic and, you know, I should have done more in the gym. And it's really weird. I can be so high performing and so focused in some areas, but I, I just doing all the niche stuff that I feel I've really kind of taken my eye off the ball and lost perspective when it comes to the basics. And again, becoming a champion at anything is, as Chael Sonnen says, a ruthless execution of the basics. Again, sorry to go on about it, that training for mass, Arnold Schwarzenegger talks about the thing that made him a champion was the basics, training the basics, shocking the muscles with the basics. If I could give you people one piece of advice that I have learned is that if you want to be successful at anything in life, you, you can have all the flashy stuff and all the extra stuff you want, but everything does seem to be a ruthless execution of the basics. The simple answer is usually the right one. And so many times I've tried to overthink wrestling but now I'm, I feel like I'm getting my perspective back, you know? So what I'm trying to do now is I'm trying to enjoy the process. I'm trying to take a step back. Pardon me for yawning. Um, I'm, gonna, I'm trying to take a step back. I'm trying to see it from that fan's perspective again. And what can I do so that I, when I walk out there, when I hit that finishing move, when I, when I do it, anything that is going to be the thing that people are going to remember when they go home. I have no doubt that I will be successful, but I just, I can't take any chances. I need to cover every single base that there is. I can take absolutely no chances with this. I need to make sure. What I will say though, is I do feel that I've worked very, very hard this year. You know, I, even though, you know, the results aren't coming as quickly as I maybe thought they were, I've worked so hard this year. I really, really have. Um, and I'm hoping that that hard work will come to fruition in 2020, but not being impatient. I need to have the macro patience of waiting till 2020, maybe beyond, but the micro impatience of sorting out these issues with my look, sorting it, getting, making sure I'm at the gym, making sure I'm contacting these promoters, making sure I'm, I'm doing everything I need to do with the Patreon and the business and my content. And it's it's a lot of work. It's, it's the uncertainty. It's a tough thing to do, but I just, I know 
this is probably the most significant moment of my life. And to be honest with you, I'm sharing it with you, not just as a pro wrestler, but as a, as a person, you know, who's in this point in their life where I'm really at a crossroads, you know, where my whole wrestling career has been like this, you know, and then it just kind of, it not that it's gone down, but it's just kind of the progress is halted right now in terms of the buzz that I'm building. So I need to really take stock of what's happening. And I need to, this is the time, it's like Conor McGregor said, it's like it's easy to be world class when everything's going your way and everything's going right, but it's difficult to do it when everything's not going your way. And like I said, there's a lot of great things going my way right now, but I think this will be one of the most significant periods of time in my life, not just as a wrestler, but as a person, because there are absolutely no guarantees right now. It, it, it might feel unfair, but there is no fairness about it. There is no deserve when it comes to who gets a job in this business. It is just, it is or it isn't. And I just need to do the work and hope that I can get an opportunity. Because, as again, another Conor McGregor one, it's uh, luck is when preparation meets opportunity. And I kind of, I, I like that. And I've had a few opportunities in the past where I maybe haven't been, not that I've not been ready, but I haven't been kind of world-class ready. Whereas I need to make sure I am ready for absolutely any opportunity that's thrown my way. I need to handle absolutely anything that comes my way. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to tell you now what my strategy is. So the first six months of this year has really been focused on content and building that side of the business that is me as a wrestler. Whereas, again, I, sp I think I spoke about it last time, there's this uh, rapper who unfortunately died called Nipsey Hussle, and I really kind of appreciated his outlook on business, especially when it comes to creative industries. And um, he was saying, look, you can have all the bells and whistles, you can be as great as you want at managing business and marketing and knowing your accounting and business management and all that, but at the end of the day, it's you have to master the craft. That's what's going to get get the attention that's what's going to connect with people you have to master the craft so the first half of this year it's all been about getting a system in place to get my content done and bar the last few weeks i've really stuck to it and really done well but i kind of i needed some time off so that's why i'm kind of about a week behind so i'll be catching up this week but um i feel like i've really done my best for myself and for you know the guys that are all involved with producing it for um and for my fans as well and for my patreon supporters I've re i feel i've done right by you and i feel like i've delivered on on the content that i said i was gonna was gonna deliver so i feel really good about that but the second half of the year has to be about m mastering the craft and you're not going to do that in half a year i just mean the aspiration of mastering the craft being there in the gym getting the reps in, getting it done that's that physical action that's what it's got to be about well i will say the first half of the year as well one thing that i have done well and i will give myself credit for is i've got myself in way better shape you know i've got myself in way better shape than i was i saw a photo of myself um when i was i think it was bwr in november or december and i just saw how much weight i'd put on i was like whoa i posted it recently on my twitter it's uh, my most recent progress picture and when i posted that i just couldn't believe 
where I'd let myself get to. And you kind of lie to yourself about like, oh, I'm in shape and I'm just bulking and blah, 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 and all that sort of thing. But it's it's nonsense. You got to be honest with yourself. You got to allow the people around you to be honest with yourself. And you got to get that sorted. So I am proud of myself for doing that. Um, again, for a few weeks there. And I don't know if it was just turning 31 or whatever, but then the motivation just kind of dipped down a little bit. Just kind of dipped down just a little bit there. So my diet hasn't been quite as on point as it uh, should have been. Sorry, I just need to crack my knee here. It's not doing it. Oh, man. Usually cracks quite easily, but uh, pardon me. It's not doing it. There we go. don't know if you could hear that. But uh, try and try and try again. Um, yeah, so it's kind of, it's it's been an interesting one. It's been an interesting one. I think I maybe didn't, uh, not that I didn't appreciate, but I don't think I realized how, tightly you have to hold on to these opportunities and you have to execute because having a having a great idea is one thing so like for example the idea to do free agent but the actual execution of producing anywhere between 10 to 15 minutes of programming original content every single week the whole execution is is a whole different ball game and execution really is everything you know so i've kind of learned the difference between that but also i think i think turning 31 was a little tougher for me than turning 30 because let's say i rewind to when i was 30 just come back from the commonwealth games uh, i'd won the amateur wrestling british championship i was about to start on ws i was about to start on impact wrestling and it just felt like well i'm doing pretty well for 30 i'm getting there um and at 31 not having uh any of those things on the table right now it's it's a different feeling and don't get me wrong like again just being straight up like i i have been offered contracts before i have from multiple organizations um in in years past and i have um opted not to take those opportunities because at the time it wasn't the right opportunity it wasn't the right deal um i felt like i needed to go away and build my brand more um, it's a different time and place now, but um, again, with the with impact, um, I was devastated about that because I really loved working there. I really, really did love working there, but it just it was clear to me um, that I think for for me to commit to them for for three years, uh, I just hadn't seen enough from there and that I was going to be, I mean, to be honest with you, if I was going to give three years of my life to impact, I kind of, I was kind of sitting waiting on a visa for a long time. And, you know, I know they've got, they've got their top guys and stuff like that, but I think I just felt, um, and again, this is no inflection on this. I want to make this very clear that just because a company doesn't see you as a top talent, that is nothing. They've done nothing wrong. They've, they've got their opinion and they're perfectly entitled to that. But at the same time, I have the right to then go as a talent and say, well, I feel that I'm worth more. I feel that I'm worth, you know, getting a visa in place and getting these things sorted and all that. I think it's worth to do these, worth it to do these things that I feel like I can bring value to the program and I can go away and I can prove that I am who I say I am. So it's now on me as an independent wrestler to go away and prove that I am who I say I am. And that is a very, very scary, high-risk situation. But it is a necessary one. It is a necessary one. And I hope and I feel my instinct tells me that I made the right decision to go and do that. But time will tell. Time will tell. I don't know the answer right now. 
But I'm I'm glad that we are documenting this because I'm hoping that I can look back and hopefully give some people inspiration in years to come when they see that I really had no guarantees at this point, but I was able to muster the resources that I had and move forward with that. But what I will say, people, is doing this just has has not been it would never have been possible. And again, this sounds like a plug, but it's really not. I'm speaking truly from the heart on this one. My fans have literally been the thing that has kept me going in this business. You know, the support with people buying my t-shirts and supporting the Patreon and stuff like that has been unbelievable. I never expected this level of support. I never thought that I could sustain the content that I'm making, the content that I'm doing, and people would invest in it like this. That just shows the amazing fan base that I do have. And if you're if you're listening to this podcast right now and you're listening to me speak, trust me that and I need you to know that you listen to this I treat that as a huge responsibility and a huge privilege for me to entertain you. The fact that you've just sat there and listened to me discuss my life and say what I've got to say about my life for 40 minutes, that means more to me than you will ever, ever know. And I thank you for it. And I will never forget my fan base that have helped me throughout my career. I will never forget it because I know firsthand some people just get success instantly but i know firsthand that i could not have been successful without the investment from my fans and i'm not just talking about you know investment through uh, merch and through patreon i'm not just talking about financial investment investment of time and energy like i feel it i feel the support and uh awesome it's awesome it's awesome you know and um, so i want to you know i'm really lucky to uh, have the girlfriend i do and to have you know like say people like Shah Samuels that I can go and speak to, um, so it's I'm feel I'm feeling grateful. I'm feeling humble. The ego has been left at the door, and I, when this podcast's done, we're gonna eat. We're gonna uh, take care of some admin stuff we need to take care of, and then I'm likely just gonna crack on with the gym again, and we're just gonna keep this up, keep the diet on point, and we're gonna get this done, people. Whatever goals you have in your life, let's get it done. Let me know how you're getting on. Um, again, thank you so much. Thanks to Wrestling Travel. Thank you to all my patrons. If you do want to submit questions for this podcast, Tier 3 patrons and above can do so. I will tackle any question, uh, within reason, of course. As you can see behind me, the wall, the soundproofing wall is falling to pieces now. I better go and rescue it before it disintegrates entirely. But I've been the prestigious one. This has been how to become a pro wrestler. Um, I'm feeling good. Um, I feel like I'm back on track. And yeah, I'm just going to keep you updated with how I'm getting on. So thank you so much for the support, and I shall see you next time.